0: Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. In this podcast, we take a reading from Scripture each day. We look at the background material to that passage and also application for us. Once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Romans chapter 6, verses 15 through 23. And Devin, how are you doing? We have Devin with us tonight. This is our Tuesday, Devin Joins Us Podcast. How are you, man? (laughs) I'm doing good. That's a good name for it. Devin that's a long title podcast. Too, yeah. Tuesday, Devin joins us <laughs> podcast.
1: I'm doing good, man. How you doing?
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing good. I'm feeling a little bit better. I know you've had a little. Your surgery's a little bit more extensive than mine. I was that's true. About but we minor little oral surgery. Then you went into the knife and had like a bodily organ cut out of you. So <laughs> you got a little <laughs> bit more to complain about than I do. But I'm glad you're feeling better.
1: Yeah, you too, man. That's I didn't even think about that. We both had surgery same week.
0: Yep. That's how it rolls, man. Yeah. Ministry work will take it out of you. <laughs> Rough stuff. We're going to talk about some good news tonight. So we've got something positive to talk about. A very famous verse. Romans 6.23 is a memory verse. Many kids have learned in their little gospel presentation. Yeah. That's so going to be familiar to you. But I'm going to, before we read our passage, I want to just do a quick intro, like where we are in the book of Romans and how this ties together with things we've said before. Let me just go through this real quick. So we've got Paul who just springboarded from Romans 5, 20 and 21. If you remember, he goes in chapter five and talks about, you know, where there's the trespass increases, grace will abound even more. And that comes to a really important question in Romans six, and this idea of abusing grace, just because, uh, grace increases because of our sins should we continue in sin so grace can abound. And of course, Paul says, God forbid. So 6 uh, verses 1 through 14, he's talking about the superabounding grace of God, but it does not provide a license to sin. And this is because believers by dying and rising with Christ have experienced a change of lordship from mastery under sin their freedom and a new way of life by entering into the story of Jesus's death, the Messiah's death and resurrection as is embodied in baptism. They have given sin its funeral rites and we are risen into new life. So sin we've, we've given it its last rites in baptism, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And now we've been raised to a new life in cross. And so that takes us to this passage where now Devin, we're going to see, grace versus law uh, played off of each other you know this will be interesting to see how grace works does grace have any imperatives you know we think okay law means you're being told to do something well does grace just mean you're just kind of laissez-faire and out there doing what you want to do that's a really good question yeah so devin i'm gonna read the passage real quick and we'll launch right into our passage Sounds good. Uh, rather lengthy reading tonight but here we go the english standard version starting at verse 15. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law, but under grace by no means, but you, but do you, here we go. I'm struggling here tonight, Devin. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin became have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been free from sin, having become slaves of righteousness, I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness, But what fruit were you getting at the time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So, Devin, let's launch right into it, man. Anything, any insights that you bring tonight? We can begin with verse 15 or any part in the passage you want to jump on, man. Yeah, well, the whole thing I love, and you, it's the whole
1: eight, nine verses we're reading there, is the comparing and contrasting. Um, James Dunn points it out in his commentary. Uh, there's eight different contrasts in these nine verses. So that's part of, you know, it's a big part of Paul's argument. Verses 14 and 15, it's under law, under grace. He then says, sin unto death, obedience unto righteousness free from sin, and slave to God, slave to uncleanliness, slave to righteousness, slaves, and it's on and on and on. Like he's comparing and contrasting old life, old, uh, you know, enslavement to who they are supposed to be now. And it's, so we've kind of gotten off the track a little bit in my mind. I don't know if you're thinking the same thing, kind of off the track of necessarily justification and acquittal and, Uh, being reckoned as righteous, like we're kind of off of all those things now. And it's more just about conduct. Like he's using this idea of grace and freedom to speak strictly about, okay, who are you being now? Like, what does your life look like in this, um, you know, this new sphere of, of grace. And, And that to me is a, it's a cool change, but he's naturally, he's keeping a lot of the themes, a lot of the same language but comparing and contrasting being a slave to sin versus uh,
0: freedom towards righteousness. I totally agree. I think, you know, some would look early on when he quotes from Habakkuk in chapter one, when he says the just by faith shall live Mm -hmm. in this section, we're looking at what living looks like. Oh, that's good. Yeah. The just who's the just, well, no one's really just before God. So faith, what does faith look like? It's Abraham's faith. And now that we have this new life, we have been declared righteous in Christ, no longer in Adam. So what does this new life look like? So this is the logical implications of what does life in Christ look like? And you have this, I love this quote by Schreiner. Uh, Schreiner said this, he said, one is, one is either God's slave or sin's slave. Those who think that freedom is attained by jettisoning obedience to God opt for sin as their lord." Hmm. Paul's going to tell you really quick, obedience does, does matter. And we had that podcast not long ago where we said baptism matters. this one, we're learning obedience matters. Mm -hmm. Uh, That grace does not give us the license to, I think there, and I'll just say this from my experience teaching classes with people, there's this huge misconception that we no longer live under the law. So therefore, there's really nothing to be obeyed. And when you talk about obedience, somehow you've got this works righteousness up your sleeve. You know, you're trying to work it in there. And that's not it at all. Paul's like saying, okay, there's a whole new paradigm at play. You were enslaved to sin under the law, condemned on this path to death. Now you've been freed and your members are no longer slaves to unrighteousness, but now you can obey. Like you have been changed. Like I really think in Paul's mind, there is this transformation of the heart that was spoken of by the prophets back in Ezekiel and Jeremiah, like Jeremiah 31, 33, Ezekiel 11, 19, which we know is through the Holy Spirit. But there's been this change that's happened, this real thing that God has done to us where now we can obey. We have been uh, unloosed from the shackles of sin.
1: Yeah, I think that needs to be a part of our preaching and teaching a lot more is is what grace brings along with it. Um, You know, I think it's really popular to preach on grace. It's really popular to preach on justification, but... It's not popular to preach on. All right, now you have, now you have to live this way and you have to do things this way. You know what I mean? So uh, Galatians 6 two, bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. Like there is something within Christ that you have to do now. And so, um, I, uh, it's Witherington that he, he had a comment that I liked that said, you know, freedom has been given, but what kind of freedom? It's not an obligation. Um, uh, you're not free from an obligation of of family and duty, uh, but you're free specifically from sin and specifically freedom from certain lifestyles. You no longer have to live the way the world lives. Like you have a way out now and that's where your freedom is in. And so you still have like the same obligations to family, to order, to, uh, you know, your society. You're still a, a functioning member and you need to operate with inside that. On top of, like, Galatians 2 or 1 Corinthians uh, 9, the law of Christ. And, you know, it'd be interesting to do kind of like a, a series on what the law of Christ looks like, um, what we're called to do with within our freedom.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of debate about using that word law of cross, but it's used. When yeah. You sit there and say all day long, that's a bad term. It's almost like a curse word to people. <laughs> But it's used yeah. in scripture, and then you get something very similar in verse 17. The English Standard Version renders it this. Um, I'll just read the whole verse, but thanks be to God that you who are once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. The standard of teaching. Um, different translated, translation, translations translate uh, it in, in various ways. Um, there's pattern of teaching. It can be translated that way. Uh, the NIV uh, translate the phrase as claimed your allegiance. I kind of like that idea of allegiance. You're reading a book about that right now, too. Right? Yeah. Is. Yeah. Uh, this idea of allegiance to the gospel, allegiance to Christ, uh, to which you were committed. And, and Paul says they have been set free by this pattern of teaching. So something has come to them, this rule of faith or this teaching of the gospel that they've already heard before Paul ever got there because he's already talking about their faith. So they've received something there's some type of apostolic teaching that came down to them in an authoritative manner that they have aligned their lives with so when we align our lives with the teachings of jesus and scripture there is a freedom there there's a new freedom by aligning our lives with uh, the teachings of christ and the teachings of the apostles because they have the words of christ we don't see it as the law of moses per se it's not the same type of relationship but there's this concept that you've been set free, you've been given the Holy Spirit, and now this is how you how you live. This is it. You've been set free to live this way, and this way of living is liberating.
1: Yeah, Philippians 3.17, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. That's the same word being used, tupas. Yep. It's an example. It's something being set by the apostles that uh, the rest of us disciples, there's this expectation like, hey, we really follow Jesus' teachings. We've given them to you. Now you're supposed to follow them as well. And we've set it with an example now, not just not just by our words.
0: I, I totally agree. That's very Semitic, very Jewish, that idea of being an Italian Medine disciple. Yeah. It's not just the teachings of, of the rabbi that you adhere to. It's the lifestyle. You want to walk in the dust of the Messiah, let his dust cover you, or the dust of the rabbi. So it's not just what the rabbi knows in his head, but it's how the rabbi carries it out. So in the early church, you have discipleship is not just teaching, training, but it's also showing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Always say it this way. We need to put flesh and blood on Scripture. Our young people need to see older people, middle-aged people. For our boys, I I love the idea of of older men showing them this is how the gospel looks like in life. Here's what a dad looks like. Here's what a father looks like. Here's what a husband looks like. Here's how you behave in your job and in your workplace. And then the same is true for women. Having older women that can teach them what it looks like to be a Christian woman. Putting flesh and blood on scripture. I think I don't want to speak negatively of the modern church too much because I'm a part of it and I'm a minister in it. <laughs> but I do think we focus a little too much on head knowledge and not enough on mentoring and discipling, like actually showing what this looks like.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, and it's easy to get caught up thinking, you know, we don't know enough. There's more for us to understand and get caught up in, you know, what, what am I going to be teaching? What am I going to be preaching on? And uh, yeah, I think we lose sight of, all right, who am I connecting with this week? Who am I, who am I contacting? Who am I trying to spend some time with? Who am
0: I serving with? I totally agree. Yep. Some of it's not that hard, is it? It's not. It's not that hard. Not that hard at all. And I think it would change the world if people saw that. And there was a time in the history of the church when, you know, Christians were known for their integrity and their hard work and their word. And it was, it was a good thing. there's still, I'm not saying Christians aren't like that anymore, but that was very common, you know, 50 years ago to work hard at your job. I I call it quiet obedience. Mm -hmm. Um, these people, they don't call a lot of attention to themselves, but they're obedient to Christ and good fathers, good husbands, good workers. Um, boy, we need that really bad yeah. in today's yeah. world. So this idea, what about, I know we're running out of time. Anything you want to close us out with like a thought we could close with? Tonight, I know we got the famous Romans 6.23 passage. We don't talk about that. That might be rebellion, man. <laughs> That's true. I guess we have to talk about that, don't we? We don't talk about these famous verses. The podcast you hear about it later. Go to into the dust. Dust benefit. <laughs> right.
1: Well, I, I like to lead it in. I guess through the through verse twenty two also. Okay, it's the I like the sanctification idea. I love that idea. I think it's a complicated thing that we often forget about as we're continually being holy-fied, You know, through our righteousness through if we make decisions to be obedient, there is a sanctification happening within us. It's kind of this mystery that's going on that God's working. And so I like that idea right before we talk about wages of sin, Paul is going to mention that the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end is eternal life. The wages of sin, it's what you deserve, even though you deserve death, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I mean, naturally that's what we've kind of been talking about with this Roman series. And I think that's just really freshly in my mind, having preached this sunday and i'm sure it's on your mind kind of preparing for it this sunday too but um there's just not enough words for it there's not enough words to say you know despite me and what i've done and what i've earned for myself what i have really been working towards was death and uh god decides to give me eternal life anyway um it's the same idea with sanctification it's a mystery like it just doesn't get me i I don't get it um but for some reason, you know, Christ has decided to do that. It's, um, I don't know. I'm often less speechless thinking about it.
0: That's kind of too good to be true. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. like Publishers Clearinghouse. Like sure. You actually can yeah. win it. I don't even have yeah. to go around, but it's hard to believe that. And you did a good job on your sermon, by the way. It was awesome. Thanks, man. Uh, if people want to go back and, and watch that, they can, they can see that sermon or listen to it. But it was a very good sermon. Um, but there is this, this idea of fruit that this carpos, the same word he uses when he talks about fruit of the spirit. And sometimes we get frustrated, I think, because we want it instantly, but fruit is organic and it can take time. Yeah. He's saying there's going to be a fruit that leads to sanctification. And its end is eternal life. So you've got this grace, obedience track. Grace and obedience to God leads to life. Sin. And obedience to sin and to unrighteousness leads to death. So we need to accept that free gift. What we deserve, like you said, is death. We're like the movie The Sixth Sense, we're dead people. Yeah. By the way, Devin, I knew from the beginning that they were all dead. And I don't believe you. I did. You can ask Allison. I knew I picked, I, I ruined the movie for her. I'm like, <laughs> Bruce Willis is dead. But you know, the kid says, I see dead people. Yeah. You know, we're dead people without cross. Yeah. We have been released from that bondage of sin. And we can be obedient, holy people. It's what Paul's saying. I take him for his word. Yeah. Well, Devin, I appreciate it. And I've enjoyed this tonight. Uh glad you came on in your infirm state, especially <laughs> from the operating table. Devin is back. Is Always happy to do it, man. Speaking, and appreciate you guys' patience with my impaired speech tonight i'm still recovering myself a little bit but not like Devin. Devin's had a little bit worse but i'm a baby all right brother you have a great <laughs> night and we will see you guys back tomorrow we'll jump back into romans we'll be in romans 7 wow is all i can say romans 7 maybe the most difficult chapter in the history of mankind but we're going to tackle it this week it's going to be crazy but looking forward to seeing you guys tomorrow thankful for our listeners you have no idea how thankful you are for you that you listen to these and we get great feedback and it is encouraging. God bless, Devin, good night. Have a good night. See you, my friend.